Angeles. Hello, fans of Major League Soccer. Hello, lovers of the beautiful game. And, of course, hello to the millions. And millions. Of the black and gold faithful, this is episode 249 of Defenders of the Bank. Yes, folks, this is an LAFC podcast. Home to the trailblazing, MLS Cup raising, always competing, salty lake beating, goal scoring, rip roaring, styling and smiling, black and gold wearing, hate on us because you can't stop swearing, defending champions of this league and CCL finalists and don't you forget it. Now, we are coming to you live from world famous Philomonster Studios. World famous because we've at least had one episode downloaded in a hundred countries. But we right now are in beautiful Burbank, California, at least I am, nestled in between Disney, Warner Brothers, and Nickelodeon. I, in case you're wondering, am the self-proclaimed platinum-colored hair flamingo. My name is Christian, a.k.a. Phil Philly, for the purposes of this show, Felonious Monk Philemon. And joining me all the way from the west side of town. We shipped them off to Boston. Whoa. But they shipped them right back to L.A. No. <laughs> the mouth of the South Bay himself, J.R. Liebert. The scarf. That's right. The fourth most popular host on Defenders of the Bank is back. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 249. Philly's talking about milestones. Yes. Downloaded in 100 countries. That's a fun one. Philly, next episode is 250. 250. We were, I just, it feels like only yesterday, six years ago, that you and I were sitting at Palms Park Recreation Center after they closed. We, I unlocked the doors, flipped the lights back on, and you and I were sitting across from each other on the two directors' desks there, recording episodes like what, one through maybe 12, 13, something like that, before we figured some things out. It sounds very echoey when we record there. We didn't have, we had Yeti mics. We had all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, how the times have changed, but how many things stay the same, my friend. From 2018 till 2023, it has been a black and gold explosion on Major League Soccer six years in and still, as you like to say, my friends, breaking hearts and setting trends in Major League Soccer. I mean, I just love how even the pundits and the broadcasters all throughout Major League Soccer on Apple TV and MLS season pass refer to us as a massive club. Uh, so many people have started saying that because we're doing things. Well, we're doing things the right way. And, it, and it's such a joy to have been a part of this from the get go. We're obviously not Johnny come lately's. We've been here since day one. We've been recording this for a while now. We're on the precipice of 250 episodes. And I don't even know how many bits and pieces we'd had if we actually would have counted all the one more sleeps that we did. I mean, we've done obviously over 300 plus broadcast guest appearances. We've had a lot of good times. And good times are to be had indeed in Los Angeles. LAFC back to winning ways, heading over to the friendly confines of no longer Rio Tinto Stadium, America first, uh, what is it, credit union or whatever, the place where those salty folks of Real Salt Lake play. And, hey, it was a really, really good game today, Scarf. Yeah, absolutely right. Before we kick off all of our banter and all the other fun stuff that we do, just want to remind everybody that the good people at Flex Power Tools are the ones powering defenders of the bank as well. 
We are so lucky to be part of the Flex family. If you need anything power tool related, either hit us up at Defenders of the Bank on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, any of the social medias. Why not? Uh, but make sure you head on over to flexpowertools.com for all your power tool needs. And again, a full 100% lifetime warranty on all tools bought in 2023. All you got to do is you go to their site, you register your tool, and it's covered for <laughs> life. Philly is laughing because I said register your tool. And that's, I'm, that's I'm sorry. Who I, that's I, who I, I host the podcast. Junior High. That's, Clearly, you should know that. You hang out with a bunch of junior high folk. That's that's my that's my co-host right there. I uh, <laughs> just want to also remind everybody that the Mauricio Facio Futsal Court fundraising effort in Southeast LA is still underway. I cannot wait. And I know, Philly, you share these sentiments too, where we, for the day when it comes, where we can finally stop advertising that the fundraising effort is underway and that the building of the court is getting underway. Please, please, please head on over to lafc.com backslash mo hyphen facio, F-A-S-C-I-O for any donations that you would like to make. And I'm doing a donation today, Philly, for $11. $11. We, we pick a different amount in each one of the different uh, broadcast podcast episodes that we do. I'm saying 11 because with today's win, I'll let the cat out of the bag early, over Real Salt Lake, LAFC became the first team since the shootout era began, or excuse me, the post-shootout era began in 2000, to win 11 out of 12 matches in the regular season against one opponent. That would be Real Salt Lake. We are 11 for 12 in the regular season against them. So I'm making a donation for $11 over at lafc.com backslash mo hyphen Fascio. I still think you need to uh, donate $32.52. I mean, look, I am all for donating $32.52 for every single episode. If you guys are listening right now, just put us on pause. One quick second. Go to lafc.com. What if you... What if you donated $22 in honor of Mahala? What if you donated $99 in honor of Denny? What if you donated $9 in addition to the 11 because that's how many goals Denny has? There's a lot of ways we could actually carve this out. Although I how do about, like the number 99 because it's the biggest number. How about, no, I'm with you on that. How about 19 for the unexpected PK taker? More on that in a little bit. It was We were sharing the love up in Sandy, Utah. What an incredible match. I, I do want to mention, Philly, I, I you want me to bring up at some point why you have Felonious Monk. I will do that in just a second. Ask, <laughs> me, about, ask, ask me about my scarf real quick. You're, what's, what's, what's the story with that uh, that black and yellow scarf? Yeah, this is me trying to exercise the demons. Oh, I this well this played. Is, yeah, I'm trying to exercise those demons. Got to get as many of these bad things out of there as we can. In case you're not watching on the YouTubes. And by the way, why not? Head on over to YouTube.com backslash Defenders of the Bank. Uh, I just held up a 2018 MLS Cup playoff scarf given out by Continental before the match. It wasn't a scarf that I ever saw being given away. I actually picked this up after the fact. Uh, it was still depressing. You and I, we reference our trip to Seattle that we had planned so often on this. But uh, it did happen, but years later. It did. Look, uh, apparently Max Bredos, of all people, trying to convince us during the broadcast, by the way, that Demir Krylock is a nice guy because he buys all those tickets. I'll give it to you, Max. Okay. But I still don't like you, Demir Krylock. Still don't like you. Philly. Why, why are you called Felonious? Felonious Monk? 
Well, well, real quick, I was thinking that you were holding up or wearing a Continental scarf because you got really excited when you started seeing Ilya Sanchez on those commercials. <laughs> I know I was excited. I thought you were trying to rep Ilya. Ilya, a class act, a gentleman, unbelievable individual. Isn't it crazy, by the way, that they stopped the match while he's there taking that PK to get all that great footage for the commercial? I mean, only in Major League Soccer would they allow them to just stop the match like that and you know have him do some, some lines. Yeah. Yeah. See what I, see what I did there? I did. Yeah, that's that's brother. So, so, so why are you Felonious Monk? I mean, it's simple. Felonious Monk, the man himself, was a jazz legend, a pianist, and a composer, and he had a unique improvisational improvisational style. I'd like to think of myself as having a unique and improvisational style. How many platinum-haired flamingos do you know? In addition, wow. I also like my adult beverages straight with no chaser. And if you don't get the reference, look up Felonious Monk for the course of this broadcast. I am Philonious Monk. And you know what? I think I'm going to come up with a new fun nickname. So the millions. And millions. Can learn something tied into something that has absolutely nothing to deal with what we're talking about. Thelonious Monk, a jazz legend. And if you appreciate good music, you'll definitely appreciate Thelonious Monk. And hopefully on this broadcast, you will appreciate Philonious Monk. Look, uh, from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, by the way. So uh, uh, Died in Englewood, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, New Jersey. There you go. Everything goes to New Jersey to die. We love everybody that listens in New Jersey. Thank you so much. And again, if you're not following us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank, please go ahead and give us a follow. We are going to start our regularly scheduled programming on all of these episodes. That's some This Day in LAFC history, news and notes, and a very quick look at both Angel City FC and LAFC 2 before we get into the breakdown of our win in Sandy, Utah, Philly. No, um, no, 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 no. You need to always refer to it as the breakdown of the beatdown. I love that line. <laughs> I wait for that line. And this was it. So let's rewind. Try that again. Rip, rip, rip. And then we'll get into the breakdown of the beatdown in Sandy, Utah against Real Salt Lake. The 3 nothing win. Thank you, Philly, for keeping me honest on that one. This day in LAFC history, recording this just past 10 p.m. on game day, Saturday, May 13th. And on May 13th, 2018, your ex-team came to town for the first time, Philly. NYCFC comes to what was then Bank of California Stadium, and it was the matchup everybody wanted to see. David Villa against Carlos Vela, and both men score. In fact, that goal on May 13th, 2018, the first ever home goal for one Carlos Vela. And a lot of you, though, are going to be listening to this tomorrow, the day after game day, maybe even after that, because you know what? Tomorrow's Mother's Day. And why don't we just take a quick second, Philly? Because you know what? Let's do it earlier. This is normally something we uh, save for the end of the podcast. But I, I know you've got all kinds of feels about your mom and your mother-in-law and everybody else. And I've, I've got all kinds, too. I just want to give a big shout-out to my mom, Carol, uh, Nina's mom, Valerie, and to everybody out there that's listening that either has a mom, is a mom, knows a mom, or wants to be a mom, listen, there is no harder job in the world than being a mother, especially to the two knuckleheads that you are listening to on this podcast right here. I just want to say a very special and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, but especially mine, Carol, and Nina's Valerie, and of course, to Philly, to yours, and Amanda's as well. I mean, that was beautiful. I, I cannot even attempt to top that. Love you, mom. 
Love you, Mom. That goes to my mom, Radika, back in Queens, New York. <coughs> Excuse me. And my mother-in-law, Cindy, in Evansville, Indiana. So nothing but love. Happy Mother's Day. I have nothing more to say. All right. Well, most of you, like I said, are going to listen to this tomorrow, which is Mother's Day, May 14th. No, don't be listening to us on Mother's Day. Listen to us on Monday. In fact, if you're listening to us while you're hanging out with your mom, well, if you're hanging out with your mom, that's a different story. But if you're not hanging out with your mom and you're listening to us, hit pause, go hang out with your mom, or at least call her, give her a hug. Tell her you love her. You don't need to be hanging out with these two knuckleheads on Mother's Day. Listen, nothing better than to share Mother's Day with your mom, anyone's mom, and an episode of Defenders of the Bank. Maybe this is how many of the millions and millions want to celebrate Mother's Day somehow by listening to us. Yay. All right. So anyway, <laughs> May 14th, 1971. Today is the 52nd birthday of former LAFC director of soccer operations, now banished to the third ring of hell that is Toronto FC as the assistant head coach under Bob Bradley, Mike Sorber. Happy birthday, Mike Sorber, 67 U.S. men's national team caps and a consistent nominee for the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame as well. Man, it is it is rough going over there in Toronto, Philly. Not much going right uh, north of the border for Bob Bradley, Mike Sorber, and friends. But that is this day in LAFC history. You clearly went digging if that was your this day in LAFC history. Well, first we talked about David Villa, Carlos Vela scoring the first ever home goal for himself. Well, Carlos Vela's still here. Yeah, Mike Sorber is, you know, part of the 2018 team. and Oh, yeah, he's good. on the hot seat along with Bob, especially after that 2 nothing shellacking by the impact this year. And, and, and by the impact? You mean the Foot Clan. They're no longer the impact. Darn it. Well, they were That's doing the uh, they were doing the historical rival uh, like highlights prior, and of course, they had the old impact kits and stuff. You so got to put five dollars Canadian in the jar for that one. I think there you go. Uh, <laughs> no, but how, dude, Adama Diamande, you and I were so hopeful for him this season coming back to MLS. He's played exactly one hundred sixty six minutes over five matches so far for Toronto. Just one shot taken. He had an injury later on the, later earlier on the season. Just a rough go of it for Adama Diamande. All right, it's not the a person who needs to get injured in Toronto is that Capo who threw the freaking bullhorn at Mark Anthony K. That's somebody who deserves to get injured. Their own Capo. Like, how ridiculous is that? I, I have nothing but love for Mark Anthony K. I know many of the listeners feel different ways about good old Mac Daddy, but actually the old Mac Daddy. We have a new Mac Daddy now, but that's okay. Uh, Philly, let's get into news and notes including uh, one very fun bit of news and notes regarding the U.S. men's national team. I, how do you feel about this, Philly, being a, uh, being a supporter of Demeinschaft? Uh, is, it, is it hard for you seeing somebody apply away from the German national team like Timothy Tillman has to make the one-time application for the U.S.? No, and I'm only going to say because I, I don't know – the competition for the German national team is beyond competitive and beyond stiff. And quite honestly, tell me not really so much on that radar, especially having played in, in the Zweite Bundesliga and now playing in Major League Soccer. His opportunity to play with the U.S. is great because he's getting time, he's starting to shine, and the U.S. could use all the help they can get. So I love this addition. I, I'm, it's not an addition because it hasn't happened yet, but I like the fact that he converted things. With that dual citizenship, he had the ability to do so. And I think the rule was uh, you can do that once if, like, you've had three caps 
uh, for the national team, like under the ages, I believe, of 23, having not played in any major international tournament. So he obviously qualifies for that. So it was an easy transition. Whether or not this new regime is going to bring him in, we shall see. But I would love to see Timothy Tillman there. And as Steve mentioned on his postgame interview, Elias Sanchez is an American citizen. It'd be really cool to at least get him on the U.S. men's national team for a friendly. At bare minimum, that would be cool. Yeah, I think when they have those camps, right, that are mainly MLS guys, when they bring in, that's like usually a January camp where there's a lot of MLS guys. And I think Timothy Tillman and Elias Sanchez would be wonderful additions. Tillman made five different, uh, excuse me, uh, his brother Malik Tillman. Let's talk about Malik Tillman for just a quick second. Also a, a former current Bayern guy. He's on loan with Rangers right now from Bayern Munich. Uh, kind of went the same route that his brother Timothy did. Uh, his, he's four years younger than Timothy Tillman. He's made four caps already for the U.S. men's national team in various qualifying tournaments. Uh, after he capped, what, five different levels for the German youth national team, like 15, 16, 17s, 19s, and 20s, uh, until uh, U.S. brought him in on the senior team. For the very first time, he also capped for the U.S. under-15 side. So you can see there was a bit of back and forth for Malik, even though he never capped for a senior side. Timothy Tillman looking to make his first cap as well. Pretty cool. Uh, Philly, every time that I go and I adjust my schedule for some sort of match change by LAFC, they go ahead and do it again. LAFC changing another match? They do, but there's a reason for that. And let's talk about that real quick because it 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 uh, dives right into the next segment. So we're talking Open Cup here. We all, we all, we already talked about the Monterey Bay game. What an amazing game! Well, well, you didn't. Nina Hand and I did, and it was a very well received episode. So once again, congrats and thank you to the Angel City Chicks for just subbing in for you. It took two of them to make up for the loss of you. So obviously that says something major. <clears throat> anyway. But we had the Open Cup draw, which, by the way, yeah, I know I was wrong at the end of the uh, the previous episode, thinking that we would play Colorado automatically. I was wrong. I, I admit that. I am not ashamed to admit my mistakes. Nina was right. She got me. And, yeah, hats off to her. I didn't do my homework on that. I speculated based on what I thought. Anyway, we did have a draw. In this regional area, we had the likes of the Colorado Rapids, Real Salt Lake, the L.A. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. The L.A. Fallacy, the Carson Galaxy and us. And of course, of course, <laughs> we drew the galaxy. Shocking. At least it's at home. God forbid we would have draw, draw, drawn, I don't know, Colorado. I. You want to talk about things potentially being rigged? I don't know. That seemed a little too, little too uh, peculiar that we got the galaxy yet again. So be it. Maybe we could have the young guys beat up on them. The Seattle youngins almost beat up on the Galaxy. What a what an absolute slap to the face it would be to that organization if the likes of Nathan Ordaz absolutely killed Chicharito. I would love that. But as a result of us drawing that game, that's going to potentially lead to the rescheduling of Atlanta United. So as it works, if Elliot, when LAFC wins then the next if we win the next open cup match no no when we win the next open cup match i'm sorry the atlanta united game gets shifted to september the 13th a wednesday if lafc loses i have to throw that in there but i don't foresee that happening nor should any of you if lafc loses the next open cup match then 
That Atlanta United game is scheduled for Wednesday, June the 7th. So keep an eye out for that. There were people that almost came to the Houston game, not knowing that that game got rescheduled. Yeah, Philly, when when was the original date for that Atlanta matchup again? Uh, ooh, it was like right around the time that we were – I don't have to double check. I don't I don't Sorry. have that. It got you scheduled. I didn't even bother thinking. But either Sorry. way, that Atlanta United game is not happening. It's either going to happen September 13th or June 7th, both being a Wednesday. And I know some of y'all are like, oh, God, not another Wednesday game. Boo, Wednesday games. It is what it is. No pity party because it's going to happen one way or another. We're going to get a Wednesday game. So keep those tears for, for later for something else, for another team and another sport. Yeah, and look I- – I'm going to I'm going to say it at the top of the show. I did have a place for us to chat about this real quick at the bottom of the show. But you know what? All we have left is the Angel City Minute and LAFC 2 and then we'll get right into like you like me to say, the breakdown of the beatdown. Uh so I have uh, I have an opinion on the Open Cup this season. It's not necessarily my opinion for the Open Cup every season. I love the Open Cup. That's not my opinion. That's how I feel all the time. I love the Open Cup. But in a season where we have legitimate hopes, dreams, aspirations, and a flipping chance because we're playing in the final to win CONCACAF Champions League, I firmly believe that we roll out Eldon and the young kids once again, and I don't care how far we go. I'll say this. I don't care what happens until after June 4th. After June 4th, when we're hoisting CONCACAF Champions League trophies, that's when we can return our focus to something like the U.S. Open Cup. And yes, I think the U.S. Open Cup is far more important than this Fugazi Leagues Cup that they came up with. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It's the Challenge Cup for men. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't care about the Leagues Cup. And I know many of you out there with Liga Emeki's ties are like, hey, wait, that's that's Liga MX versus MLS. It's going to be incredible. Agreed. I just don't care about it. I don't say other people shouldn't care about it. You totally care about it. Why not? Sure. Many of you grew up far more supportive of Liga MX teams than you did anything MLS before 2018. But for me, and this match today underscores exactly why I feel that way with Kellen Acosta, John McCarthy, Ryan Hollingshead, Mahalo Poku and Jose Cifuentes all picking up some kind of knock, if not worse, in this match. We roll out the young kids against Carson, but it's a rivalry match. It's Carson. Uh Uh-huh. But you know what? Not all matches, in my opinion, are equal. And this is the scarf talking here, and you may totally disagree. Bring it. Bring it. You won't put me on edge. I promise that. (laughs) But either way, no way do we want to put you on edge. Either way, we don't want anything to do with edge. Either way, (laughs) I firmly believe LAFC should roll out the young kids. You mentioned Nathan or Daz slapping up the Carson Galaxy. I would love nothing more than for Nathan or Daz, Laji Malek, Christopher Jaime, and throw in your Eric Duaneuses, of course, throw in your Christian Torreses. And maybe some of your your uh, your real far down there on the bench guys for LAFC, like Julian Gaines, those kind of guys who didn't play in that in that Open Cup match against Monterey Bay. But for the sake of our health and for the sake of focusing on Champions League, I'm sorry, guys. I think we roll out the young kids and Elden. No, that's fine. The U.S. Open Cup, without a doubt, is the most important cup. But still, keep in mind that we win the U.S. Open Cup. 
It's not so much the $300,000 prize money that matters. It's still another opportunity for a CCL berth. So obviously there's multiple ways to do it based on how you perform within the league itself. But hey, who doesn't want an extra $300,000 in a trip to CCL? I, um, you ever see the movie Wall Street? Scarf? Yeah. The character of Gordon Gecko had a really good line that was based off of an Ivan Boski. Uh, he was a corporate raider back in the 80s speech. And I'm not going to go through the whole speech, but I will say a few, a few words from that movie and that scene. Greed, for lack of a better term, is good. I want to be greedy. I want to win it all. I want it all. And I think a lot of people out there do too. But in order of succession, CONCACAF Champions League matters more importantly than anything else. Yeah, I totally agree, my friend. Totally agree. All right. Let's get into the Angel City Minute real quick. And Philly, just before we went to record, Angel City suffered another heartbreaking loss at the death, this time at the hands of the only undefeated team in NWSL, the Washington Spirit, formerly assistant coach by Lee Wynn, by the way. An absolutely boneheaded handball in the box by M.A. Vignola. Sorry, but I got to call it like I see it. Gifted Ashley Hatch, the former Golden Boot winner for NWSL, a PK in stoppage time, and the one nothing win. ACFC are now seventh in the table, one point back of the playoffs, and their next match is Saturday, May 20th, against the North Carolina Courage. Uh, LAFC 2, I was bummed I missed this game while I was back in Boston. They lost another tough one, this time coming last Wednesday at the hands of St. Louis City 2. Down 2 nothing after 37 minutes. They battled back. Laji Male, Christian Diaz with goals to send the match in the PKs, but unfortunately they were undone yet again on PKs, losing 5-3 on the kicks, and they are unfortunately bottom of the table with just three points. Their next match is away at Real Monarchs on Sunday, May 21st. Also, Philly, a quick bit of LAFC 2 news. You mentioned... Uh, last episode, the match against St. Louis getting rescheduled. This episode, the Atlanta match getting rescheduled. Well, LAFC 2 has been bit by the rescheduling bug as well as the first, I, I don't I don't know what to call this, the Classico Angelino Dos, I don't know, has been rescheduled from June 15th to July 12th. So that's their away match against Los Gross, which is Carson's two team. Uh, this match will be held at Dignity Health Sports Park or maybe the track and field stadium right next to it. I don't know. We get our shot at them at home, Titan Stadium, exactly one month later, August 12th. And that's all we've got for LAFC. Oh, by the way, by the way, speaking of Los Gross, yeah. did you see the ticket prices for Los Gross and Wrexham? Yeah. Absurd. The cost of those tickets. Absolutely and utterly absurd. A fourth division team playing a third division team from England and the U S honestly, like as, as much as I love the Wrexham story, there's no way in hell I'm spending the, co- the, the cost. It's like 500 bucks to sit next to the bench. It's I think it's like 60 or 70, like standing room only. Are you kidding me? No way. Make it 25 to 30 bucks. I mean, it's ridiculous. If Wrexham wasn't this, this Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhenney thing, there's no way it would have warranted this cost. But I still don't think it warrants Billy, that kind of cost. See, but did you see the attendance at the Open Cup for the Galaxy match? It was like 8,000 people in an Open Cup match to see they, Seattle They get those two. tickets for free, too. Yeah, they get the tickets for free. That's And look, no, I would love, I would love if our LAFC season tickets – 
came with open cut matches like oh the God, Galaxy God. season tickets come with open cut matches. But doesn't that make it even worse, Philly, that they give you the tickets for free? They're just in your account and still less than 9,000, I'll say, showed up, walked through the door. Who knows? Maybe that's how many tickets were sold, let alone even claimed. That's terrible. I, I just, look, you got Don Garber kind of bemoaning attendance at a lot of these U.S. Open Cup matches. Start with your quote-unquote former flagship franchise down there in Carson getting 8,000-plus for an actual MLS Cup MLS matchup in the U.S. Open Cup. I thought it was absolutely terrible. Yeah, I've got nothing more to say other than gross. For Los Gross and and the, the head of the family there, too. Yeah, well, look, we, we've already started talking about RSL a little bit. We've obviously ripped the Band-Aid off by saying we took this one 3 nothing. Uh, coming into this match, LAFC dominating the series, winning 10 of 11 regular season matches, six straight victories coming in over RSL for LAFC. But Philly, we always talk about it. The only one that ever matters that these two play against each other for now Back in 2018, the reason why I discarded that scarf sitting right over here is that tough playoff loss. But otherwise, Philly, a matchup completely dominated. The black and gold clearly better than the Claret and Cobalt. Without a doubt. But but the Claret and Cobalt, a pretty good run of form in their last five games, undefeated in their last five games, which uh, you know it says, it says an awful lot. They had a couple of clean sheets. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't been a team that, that scores an awful lot. In fact, they failed to score in five out of their 10 games going into this matchup. And it's funny. Like I still think about that 2018 playoff game. Like you alluded to, I think we have problems with RSL, but as Max alluded to on the broadcast, even in LAFC's worst season in franchise history, we still beat them three times. So I need to get it out of my head that this is a team that's actually competitive against us. Not only do we not lose to them, we also like set records too. We handed them their worst ever uh, home loss back in 2018 when we whooped them five to one. But that being the case, again, a much better run of form, some pretty darn good players in the likes of Jefferson Savarino and Gomez. There's a lot of good players there. We're going to get right into it with the starting lineups. Yeah, uh, you know, just a couple of other quick things, by the way. I think it was kind of fun hearing both Max and Brian Dunseth on the call. Really cool to have Max calling LAFC matches again, even though this one had to be in Sandy, Utah. All right, let's get into it. RSL coming into the match, 11th in the West, three wins, five losses, two draws. Uh, I believe that puts them at 11 points. Uh, and a minus seven goal differential, 10 goals for 17 against uh, led into the match by one Pablo Mastroeni. And and look, the one thing that we do know is that th they're good friends on the sideline between Steve Cherundolo and Pablo Mastroeni. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Mastroeni and uh, Dolo, teammates on the U.S. men's national team in the World Cup in 2006 and in several other competitions. Mastroeni, one of the more decorated U.S. men's national team players that we've had in recent history. Doing the best he can over at RSL. He really seems to have them on the right track, although they have not scored in the MLS regular season since April 22nd. Nil-nil scoreless draws in their last two in Major League Soccer. And again, spoiler alert, they wouldn't score in this one either. 
They roll out a 4-4-2 featuring Zach McMath. I, I just don't think he's very good, but that's neither here nor there. In goal, Andrew, and I will try not to call him Adrian Brody on this episode, <laughs> Justin Glad, Brian Vera, Brian Oviedo. Those are the four on the back line. Brian. Brian. <laughs> There's lots, oh, Brian's. lots of Brian's. Oh, my God. There's B-R-A-Y-A-N, Brian Vera, B-R-Y-A-N, Brian Oviedo. Uh, midfielders Andres Gomez, Pablo Ruiz, and B-R-A-I-A-N Ojeda, Brian Ojeda. That's the third different Brian, and none of the three spells their name like Brian Dunseth, the broadcaster, B-R-I-A-N. Uh, you got Pablo Ruiz and Jefferson Savarino, excuse me, rounding out the midfield. So that's Andres Gomez. He's real good. Jefferson Savarino, he's real good on the bookends there for the midfield. Rubio Rubin, one forward, and of course a show favorite, Danny Musovsky, the other forward, formerly, of course, of not just Reno 911 FC, but, of course, LAFC. We miss you, buddy, and uh, we hope you listen to this episode. We hope our good buddy Oliver Musovsky is listening to this episode as well. In the 18, just four players of note, the Cornell man, Emeka and Nelly, uh, of course, coming from the same school as one of the office characters is always a fun thing to do. Uh, Bertine, Yakuson, Anderson, Julio, and for Crylocking out loud, it's that man on the bench for them, Demir Crylock, who Max again tried to convince us that he was a good guy. More on that later. That is your 18 of note for Real Salt Lake. Philly, a different lineup for sure for this match for LAFC. You're right, but real quick, players that were going to be out. A lot of people have been asking, where is Giorgio Chiellini and Jesus David Murillo? And from what we've heard, what we've been told, they're day-to-day. So that's the story there. Obviously, no Maxime Cropo, Tony Leone's got an injury to his right leg, and um, <laughs> Julian Gaines. God now, they didn't specify. It. They said lower extremity. Whoa, I would hey, hate. Whoa. I would hate to find out that it's the pelvis. All over again. Hold I, on. I, if his pelvis has become an extremity, we're really in trouble at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's not. This poor kid, man. I mean, he actually looked pretty good in the opening game for LAFC, too. C- clearly ahead of ahead above a lot of the other players in terms of talent, but hopefully it's not a pelvis injury. Now, our starting lineup, John McCarthy, Cheeky Palacios, Daniil Maldonado, Aaron Long, Ryan Hollingshead. Midfield, you got Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta. Wait, I just kind of screwed up this order. I totally screwed up this order. No, no, no. I Yeah, Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta, and Timothy Tillman. No, never mind. I, I got it. You're doing great there, bud. And then we got Danny Buanga, Carlos Vela, and welcome back to the starting lineup, Quadwo Mahala Opoku. We chatted about him. I um, I was a guest on the Africa Sports Network talking about LAFC and certainly referred to Mahala a lot in there, and it's pretty cool that he ends up coming back into the starting lineup and scoring a goal. Shout, the out bench. To our, shout out to our buddy Chris, by the way. That was a really cool opportunity you got there. Uh, if you guys don't know Chris, Chris Cater, and Sam. Uh, yeah, uh, Chris Cater was the guy who uh, always used to dance with Latif, or maybe Latif used to dance with him. I don't know, but it was pretty cool either way. You good there, Phil? Sorry, uh, Siri was talking to me in her Aussie accent. I, interesting. All right, sorry, uh, 18. Yeah, uh, five familiar names from the previous match. Nathan Ordaz, Christian Torres, Eric Duenas, Daniel Crisostomo, and Eldon Yakupovich. Eldon Yakupovich! What a legend he's turning out to be. 
You know, I, I knew I, I was always going to like him. When we heard him in that press conference and how he, he jokingly took a stab at, at Carson, do you remember that? We got to find that I clip. I do. We got to find that clip. And uh, I want to, you know, I just want to just want to like post it and go the minute that we knew Eldon would become a legend <laughs> right there. Uh, Sergi Palencia, Jose Cifuentes, Mate Bogush, Mr. Bogus and Stipe Buke. That's your bench. That's LAFC. Let's go into the game. Yeah. Uh, look, the <laughs> good old Zach McMath having a couple of different wardrobe malfunctions in this one to start. <laughs> So he comes out wearing a black keeper kit, except it was LAFC who was agreed upon to wear the black keeper kit. In fact, John McCarthy was indeed wearing a black keeper kit. What do you think he get away with one of those Spider-Man memes where he's just like kind of pointing at John and John's pointing at him. They're both wearing the same thing. He had to go change into a blue keeper kit to begin. And it doesn't matter what color keeper kit. I don't think he's a very good goalie. But either way, uh, had to switch it to blue in the fifth minute was when I had my first note, because not a whole lot happened, at least as I could see, over the first five minutes. And that was Denny versus three from mm. RSL. Look, if anything, you could tell that Real Salt Lake came out very focused on number 99, Denny Bawanga, because, duh, all he does is score. The guy is absolutely incredible, both this season in Major League Soccer and in any competition that he plays in. Denny getting all the attention up that left-hand side. No, you're, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, he cut through those RSL defenders like a hot knife within butter. I mean, he's, I don't know that we've had so many players that can dribble in and around traffic as well as Denny. Like I would, I would hot take. I'm going to say that he does it better than even Carlos Vela did it in 2019. It's so impressive watching Denny do his thing. Stops on a dime, cuts around. It's just, it's just a joy to watch. But what was also a joy to watch was the nice pass in from Ilya Sanchez. He connects with Carlos, who connects with Danny, who finds Timothy Tillman. But Tillman gets too much boot underneath the ball, skies it over. But a couple of minutes later, Ilya would do something just as nice, and it would result in something even better than what happened with Timothy Tillman's shot. So I'm sitting at home watching the game with my dad. He's been a little under the weather lately. So uh, I think both you and I decided to kind of take this one easy. You watched it at home with the Gremlins. I watched it at home with my dad. And uh, my dad was in the other room. Uh, He's like, yeah, I'm going to finish my hamburger real quick. And then I'll I'll come over and start watching the game. And I screamed and he went, damn it, they scored already. And I said, (laughs) yep, sorry, dad. Mahala wasn't waiting for you or for anybody. What a ball. Over the top by Ilya Sanchez. Are you kidding me? You couldn't have dropped it onto his feet in a nicer position. Ilya Sanchez, I love you so much. And I love it. It was almost reminiscent, Philly, of Kellen Acosta's goal against Philadelphia in the uh, Champions League, where he caught kind of the, the top of the ball and hit a little bouncer over Andre Blake. This was the same thing. Mahala kind of caught a bouncer up over the top, and a beautiful goal off of an even better pass. And I love it when Mahala and guys like Timothy Tillman or maybe even a player like Aaron Long, when you're making Steve Chirondolo's life difficult, because do you start Mateus Bogush because he's had a good run of form? Sure. If you look at how he's done against all other players in Major League Soccer on the U21s, he's been incredible. But then you got Mahala coming back into the lineup. You and the guys over at the Africa Sports Network talked about it. Mahala, the real deal. And he puts yet another in the back of the net for LAFC. 
Yeah, it's oddly enough only a second goal of the regular season. Mahala gets hot during the CONCACAF Champions League. And that's when I said he would make his presence felt. But, hey, I'll take a goal from Mahala anytime that we can. A clinical finish. Zach McMath had no business, no opportunity to even stop that. And speaking of which, you talked about his wardrobe malfunction earlier on. Hell, in the 11th minute, now we see him changing his boots. He had to change his jersey earlier. Now he had to change his boots. You knew it was going to be a long day for Zach McMath then. Now, after LAFC scores, that obviously lights an even harsher fire underneath the rears of Real Salt Lake because like, they, at this point, really started turning things up. 13th minute, we had Jefferson Savarino, who, by the way, is a hell of a passer, man. Great pass, but Rubio Rubin heads it out. 14th minute, Buanga again, fancy, dancy, getting it over to Tillman. Um, just the dribbling, man. Nothing happened. I'm just acknowledging the dribbling. It was awesome. 15th minute, Tillman with a sick pass to Denny, who tries to connect with a running Carlos Vela, but Zach McMath intercepts. But the big news came prior to that run. Kellen Acosta gets hurt, passing the ball off to Timothy Tillman. He makes contact with Brian Oviedo. He didn't have the ball when the contact occurred. And you alluded to this in one more sleep, something that we could not afford, something we could not have. Unfortunately, we get bit because Kellen Acosta, a parent injury. Thankfully, he stood up on his feet, but he had to come off the pitch right away, and we can't afford any injuries. Yeah, look, I want to apologize for not acknowledging you as being the first person to be correct about something we talked about in One More Sleep. You said score early, and just nine minutes in, we do. (sighs) But 15th minute, seeing Kellen not just go down, but call for an immediate substitution. An immediate substitution. I was so frustrated. This is why, people, this is why we play the young kids in the Open Cup. You know who I'm talking to. I'm right. You're wrong. Anyway, Kellen Acosta going down is tantamount to a major, major blow for this club in the CONCACAF Champions League if we can't get him healthy. Now, we have plenty of time. We have plenty of time. What, 17, 18 days until that match in Leon? But he needs to be 100% healthy going into the Open Cup and so incredibly frustrated. In fact, we had to play with 10 men for quite a while. What was it? Up until, was it the the 19th minute? So we're really playing for about two or three minutes uh, full with 10 men because, look, nobody was getting up and and getting hot yet over on the sideline because we were only 15 minutes in. So Sifu had to hustle and get ready in a hurry uh, 17th minute, uh, again, Acosta finally makes it off the pitch. They showed him kind of hobbling around. He didn't even go to the bench. He went straight to the locker room. Uh, I, I have a love-hate relationship right now with Daniel Maldonado. He makes some, some chances and, and some diving tackles, whether he's behind a guy and, and makes that play or sometimes in front and tries to go shoulder to shoulder. He did have a very nice play in the 18th minute after Andreas Gomez uh, with a big switch, a, a pass all the way across the pitch to Andrew, not Adrian Brody. But that pass handled well by Daniil Maldonado. Apparently it started to rain just a little bit in the 18th minute as well. Uh, the first corner kick goes to RSL in the 19th minute. But right before that corner, luckily, Sifu able to come onto the pitch for Kellen Acosta. 
Yep, and that corner that happened for RSL had it out by Aaron Long, and I will say Aaron Long probably had one of his finer matches this season as a center back for LAFC, certainly picking yep. up uh, with the loss of uh, Moody and, and Chiellini. Aaron Long played a pretty good game. Uh, 20th minute, Ruiz had an absolutely awesome move breaking Danny Buanga's ankles and launched one that absolutely gets mittened by J-Mac. Uh, came quite out of nowhere, but the fancy footwork that he did to elude and put Denny on his bum, I mean, that was that was a thing of beauty right there. Yeah, we're an LAFC podcast. Yeah, we're exceptionally biased by looking at the world through a black and gold lens. Shout out to our friends at FCFC. But you got to give credit where credit is due. Ruiz, exceptional move getting by Denny. And then, what, a minute later? Jefferson Savarino had a shot once again, punched out by John McCarthy. Look, this is a club RSL that even though they don't score 10 goals on the season, they are second in MLS in shots on target second on in MLS. I mean, that's a lot of saves and a lot of good plays made by a lot of keepers. And it's look, I'll say this. It's not as if McCarthy had to make many difficult saves today. But he had a couple that he spilled, a couple that got a lot on them, that's for sure. And you can see what Paolo Mastroeni has going on right now in RSL. They are starting to turn the corner. Unfortunately for them, it's only in U.S. Open Cup play that they are starting to turn the corner. But they're getting close. They're putting a lot on target. They are keeping teams uncomfortable. And and look. Let's just go ahead and say it right now, even though we've got, shoot, another 20 minutes or so to go over in the first half. After we scored that goal, after Mahala scores, LAFC was dominated for the next 15, 20, maybe even 25 minutes in that first half. I thought that RSL did a great job of keeping the pressure on. I mean, Aaron Long was probably the best defender in this match because he needed to be. I mean, how many times... Did we see him going up top, winning an aerial, taking a header, getting a great uh, a great 1v1 defensive play? And, and look, I thought in the 24th minute, no better play uh, showed that than the crisis averted by LAFC. It was Oviedo to Rubin from distance and a nice dummy run from Moose. And unfortunately, Rubin just couldn't get a touch on this ball in the box. Or if he did, it was a light touch. J-Mac was right there, sure. But this was yet another time. We're talking in the last three or four or five minutes since Sifu came on. It had nothing to do with Sifu, I don't think. But since Sifu came on, just all kinds of good chances in the box for RSL. Yeah, 25th minute, uh, RSL threatening again. Savarino with a great ball in the uh, box. But uh, the play gets called back. Moose gets gets dinged with a foul. Uh, 27th minute, we got our first yellow card of the match. Brian Ojeda, the other Brian, uh, yellow card on Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela down for a little bit as a result of that. And and fan-freaking-tastic that we already had Kellen Acosta knocked up. Not knocked up. Knocked, uh, yeah, no, not knocked up. I need, I need a new word. Dinged up a bit, having to come off. Carlos Vela down on the pitch. Not great, but... What? Sorry, I didn't know if there was a siren going off or it was a gremlin screaming in the distance. Uh, Vela's still on the pitch, though, which was which was okay. 29th minute, thankfully, by the way. 29th minute, Gomez gets passed by Cheeky. Uh, excuse me, Gomez getting past Cheeky. Ruben with a give and go. Uh, Long making another great defensive play. 
in there. And then you got the 32nd minute. There's no nothing about the play of the game that I wanted to talk about. But I thought it was kind of weird when we heard Max Bretos, our very own Max Bretos, soliciting the listeners and the watchers of season pass for uh, RSL tickets. That was that was weird. <laughs> very, very weird. But obviously, Max has to do what Max has to do. And uh, then three minutes later, hey, lightning strikes yet again. Yeah, look, Denis Bawanga, <laughs> this time my dad was sitting right next to me. And we're both watching the game. And, and look, let's be clear. Nothing had been going on for LAFC for 20, 25 minutes or so. Nothing. And you see Carlos Vela with the ball, little touch pass to Denis Bawanga, and Denis just makes one little touch, moves the ball to his right just a little, and absolutely hammers this shot. Dare I say, the easiest assist that Carlos Vela will ever or has ever had in his entire LAFC career, uh, Philly, real quick, I'm very distracted. Who you got over there? Tagrid. He uh, he came in the room, you know, crying a little bit, just wanting a little bit of a little bit of love. Hagrito, Hagrito, over here again. Try to get him more, away from the soundboard. More of a reason for you to uh, get on over to YouTube.com/backslash Defenders of the Bank and watch. You get to see Hagrid, one of the three. Harry, there's Harry Hufflepuff, and Hagrid is not loving what you're doing with him right now. Which he's is hungry. odd because he usually likes this. I, I, I think he just doesn't like all the attention. He's normally the lovey one, but uh, now he has his butt to the camera. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I do want to mention points to Max Bredos for the Bob Ross reference in the 33rd minute. Uh, look, LAFC almost scoring yet again just a minute afterwards. They kept that high press on. RSL turning it over. Uh, LAFC controlling possession in the box. But again, Nothing to do with the turnover, but RSL definitely feeling us now. But in the 37th minute, my goodness, uh, RSL uh, turns around real quick, and Jefferson Savarino, a beautiful ball rifled all the way through the box. Nobody else on the other end of it. Someone has to explain to me how Denny Boanga being taken down from behind and nobody calling anything on the field there in the 39th minute is a no call. Apparently, they completed a review. No call. But... What I love about more than anything was that Carlos Vela was the one that made the great run and the pass. So it looks like that knock that he took about, what, 15 minutes earlier? Well, it doesn't look like he's feeling any real effects. And I've got some thoughts on, on that at the end of the, uh, the halftime. But I just, I'm shocked that there was no call made on that play. It wound up not affecting the match, but a little frustrating. I don't know. I mean, if you looked at the replay, it didn't seem like there was enough contact by Ojeda to warrant the penalty. I mean, it could have gone. Excuse me, one second, buddy. But you got you got a cat. This is yeah. All right, sorry about that. Yeah, it, it, it didn't seem like if they would like if there was a clear and surmountable evidence to to overturn the referee's initial decision. I was okay with that. But hey, look, you're a you're you're a teacher. You understand physics. Every action causes an equal, if not bigger, reaction, and we would be rewarded. Uh, later on in the game. So keep that in, in the back of your mind. Uh, that was fine. 41st minute, Gomez had a shot that was blocked in the box by an LAFC defender. For a minute later, Jefferson Savarino, once again, being an absolute menace, getting the ball in the box. But once again, LAFC's back line in there, taking care of business. Um, Ojeda got blocked by Buanga. And I got to say this, like my note was Danny's a beast on both sides of the ball. Here's a guy who is utterly competitive, man. It's, it's not just his ability to dribble. It's not just his ability to pass. It's not just his ability to score. The guy plays defense too, man. He's tough. And 
Shout out to Justin Ruderman. Uh, Max gave him a shout out as well. During his interview with Pablo Mastroeni, Mastroeni referred to uh, to Denny Bawanga as Terry Henry-like. That's, uh, that's quite a comparison. Quite a comparison between like speed, power, all that other jazz. But you love to see your team's leading score be your most competitive person playing defense as well. Pretty cool stuff, man. Thierry Henry, formerly of the uh, New York Red Bulls. That's fun. Yeah, but everybody's going to remember his time more as a gunner. Oh, for sure. Uh, look, Denis Boanga earning a corner in the 44th minute. He seemed a little frustrated that he couldn't do more with the ball, but a good set piece win there. Uh, and a beautiful set piece played by Carlos Vela. Man, if Sifu just could have got that ball down a little bit, he seemed like he was in perfect position with that header there in the 44th minute. But it was an absolutely perfect corner by Carlos Vela. Uh, in that second minute of stoppage time, we got three minutes of stoppage time. It was a, uh, it was uh, Jose Cifuentes. Sorry, my brain just stopped working for a minute there. Jose Cifuentes going down with a slight ankle issue, sort of. Maybe he took a little toe poke from Oviedo. Uh, and that would be it for the half. Philly is completely distracted by all the cats that he is allowing into the studio, which is why I have a no cat rule in the studio when I'm there, but that's okay. Philly, we saw little things from Carlos Vela, Jose Cifuentes, and a big thing from Kellen Acosta. Uh, It was a frustrating half, to be sure, on the no injuries front. But anytime you go into a half, up to nothing, which, by the way, oh, yeah, I called that on one more sleep, that we go into the half up to nothing. You got to be happy with the performance in the first half by LAFC. Yeah, considering the fact that Real Salt Lake was pretty good in that in the first 45 minutes. Yep. In fact, they dominated in all most of the statistical categories. I mean, they had 11 shots to LAFC 6, 3 on target to LAFC's 2. Possession was relatively even. Uh, they had more corners. They had more set-piece opportunities. And we were tied uh, with fouls. I mean, RSL played really good, but... As Dunny re- referenced during the broadcast, all that matters is the ball being in the back of the net. And LAFC did that on two occasions. One thing that won't appear in the stats. Did you see, as the players were walking off the pitch, Denise speaking with the official? Is Denise English getting better? Is the translator going to have to find a new gig? More on that later. Oh, my friend, I have another theory for you. What was this officiating crew? They were a Canadian officiating crew. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, then they obviously spoke and, French. And I'm going to go with the fact that I believe he was speaking French to that official, but uh, I did notice that, and I thought the same thing, and I was like, oh, wait, they did mention that this crew was a Canadian crew, so maybe. I don't know. Ah, uh, bummer. Well, but, I, not that I was soliciting for Denny's uh, interpreter to, to lose her gig. Um, not, not that I was implying that at all. Everybody's got to make a buck, especially in this expensive-ass town. Well, listen, the last time I was at a, actually, no, two times ago that I was at a press conference, his interpreter was none other than Maxime Cropot, which was kind of fun too. And I definitely don't want that interpreter uh, losing his uh, his nine to five anyway, that's for sure. Look, uh, one last thing I thought of at the half is how many times has the story been reversed where LAFC having a ton of shots on target or a ton of shots and a lot of pressure but it's the opposite side doing the most with the limited chances that they had. It was the other way around. LAFC was far more clinical on the fewer chances that they had than RSL was, and I thought that really boded well for what we would see in the second half. That being said, 
One of the the little surprises that I had was that Carlos Vela was back out there in the second half. But you know what that means? means he must have been good to go, my friend. And, uh, you know, maybe a little late, a little slow in getting adjusted to the half, as I thought they had a nice run there three minutes into the second half. And I, I really wanted Vela to just push that ball forward, give it to Denny on the left-hand side, and let him go to work a little bit. But Carlos chose to hold on to it just a little bit longer than maybe he should have, killing the run. But Philly... How boring was the start of this first uh, second half? I mean, I would say the vast majority of the second half what yeah. was boring. I mean, it started out fun. Uh, that first three minutes, as you alluded to, 53rd minute was pretty cool. Denny absolutely getting by Andrew Brody. I mean, he made Brody's life a living hell. Yeah. And then Gomez takes the ball and runs the other way. So we got a fun track meet. Two of the more elite players on the pitch going back and forth. But there wasn't too many, too many things worth talking about. You said it, it was kind of a boring Boring half. I mean, 54th minute, you had Sifu with a shot that he hit all the way to downtown Salt Lake City. Nowhere <laughs> near being on frame. 55th, Aaron Long playing exceptionally well defense on Gomez, uh, muscling him out of the way, getting a, a goal kick for, for LAFC. 56th, Denis onside, corner nice pass, just misses. Um, I would say Justin Glad should have been thrilled that he, uh, you know, that Denny didn't convert on that. That was a nice run. A uh, really nice run by Denny. Just just missed it on the side. That should have been the third goal of the game. That was so number three. But you know, Denny doesn't miss opportunities like that very often. So Zach McMath, and in particular Justin Glad, because your mistimed sliding tackle is what would have led to that goal. But that's what I have going into, into the 60th. Yeah, look, should have been the 10th on the season. Should have been double digits for Denny Bawanga for sure. I want to share a fun little conversation. You mentioned Aaron Long and Andres Gomez going at it there. Aaron Long absolutely bodying up Andres Gomez. And uh, and what I did was uh, I said, oh, no. because my, Okay, so I'm sitting there watching the game. My dad uh, to my left and to the left of him was my mom. She's watching it in the recliner there. And, and, I, and my mom goes, oh, my God, is he allowed to do that? He just kind of pushed that guy really hard. And I said, no, Mom, it's okay. He was shoulder to shoulder with him, so it was fine. And she goes, no, wait. I thought shoulder to shoulder was like a good thing. It's like when you, you know, like, and I had to explain to her, okay, look, yes, shoulder to shoulder, by the way, shout out to our friends over at Shoulder to Shoulder Pod, because I'm using the term a whole ton, so we might as well give love to our, our three friends over at Shoulder to Shoulder Pod. Yeah, they just did a great podcast with Marco Garces, by the way, so yes. give that a shout. Give great that a little, podcast. Not a shout. And a shout um, out. But uh, I had to explain to my mom the difference between shoulder to shoulder, the good thing, and shoulder to shoulder, basically how you're able to, to kind of body a guy off like Aaron Long did. It was just a fun little... My mom's trying to learn the sport, which I love. She had absolutely zero background in soccer before LAFC. Uh, I, some would argue she has uh, only a very small background in soccer now, even though she's been watching LAFC for the last six years. But she's trying her best. Uh, speaking of trying their best, uh, Danny Masovsky tried his best, but in the 58th minute, subbed out of the match along with a very pissed and surprised Andres Gomez for RSL. Anderson Julio. And he would definitely make his presence known over the last half hour of this match, coming on along with Bertin Jakobsen for RSL. And look, the first touch by Anderson Julio, he wastes no time, turns and fires just just a bit outside, as they would say, in Major League, not even close. So here we are, an hour down, 30 minutes to go. And it's the other sub, Jakobsen, who rockets one right at J-Mac. I thought he was given way too much space and you can really see it. They had a great camera angle from behind as uh, basically the view that Zach McMath would have 
and nobody closed out on Yakuza, and I was a little upset that he was given so much space, and I didn't like the closeout. But again, J-Mac was right there. And uh, you know what? Last thing I'll say is this. In the 62nd minute, again, I have, I have kind of a frustrating love-hate relationship with Daniel Maldonado right now. This time he makes one of those sliding plays in the box, but apparently it was a good play. A little toe poke out of bounds, forcing a corner kick. And that corner kick, Philly, was almost a very good one for RSL. Oh, my God. Like, nearly an Olympico. If it wasn't for Timothy Tillman and his chest, yeah. that might have had an opportunity to go in. It was, it was a hell of a corner kick. And as Max said, you know, a couple of Olympico attempts throughout the course of this regular Major League Soccer season. Quite quite interesting. Uh, not, nothing happens there. 65th minute, another big shot taken in. J-Max there, no problem. Then Vela, shortly after that, gets it to Boa, gets it to Denny. Uh, but it, but it's out of the box. Sifu trying to connect with Vela off the mark. Nothing going down right there. Six, <coughs> ooh, excuse me. 67th minute, Brody into Rubin, who heads it just above J-Mac. Uh, Rubin getting very close on so many occasions. And 68th minute, challenge on J-Mac and Anderson Julio. That was another one of those, oh, no, maybe a wait. What uh, kind of a play? Sifu tried to uh, wait. Where was I? I? Just lost my thing. Oh yeah, Long was calling for the trainer on that play. I mean, it was a hard hit. J Mac didn't just get hit. He he took a hit and he flipped. And then when you're looking at the RSL supporters yelling and clamoring for a yellow card, I, it just led me to believe that there are no smart people in that section over in Sandy, Utah, because that by no means was a yellow card, but there was certainly a yellow card. On uh, on Ryan Hollingshead for the play that led to that uh, that cross into uh, into um, Jesus Christ in Anderson Julio. So rough hit on J Mac, and hopefully it's it looked like it was a shoulder that was tender. Hopefully there's nothing more that comes out of that. Although we do have another fantastic keeper waiting in the mix in that of Eldon Yakupovic. Yeah, look here's the other thing too. They showed it on replay. No malicious intent at all by Anderson Julio. Uh, I said he would make his presence felt, and he certainly did there with J-Mac. It was clean. In fact, I'll say this. I don't think Anderson Julio even knew that he would make contact with John McCarthy uh, when he leapt up for this ball. He was looking right at the corner the entire time. He went straight up and went for the ball. There were no arms out. There was no head towards the keeper. There was... It was just one of those body-to-body plays. And I'll say this, J-Mac got there a half a step late. I mean, normally J-Mac is the one who's able to get up, get to that ball, if anything, punch it out, do whatever you have to do. He kept saying, my shoulder, my shoulder, when he was down there on the ground, watched the replay a couple of times. Uh, I almost feel like I jinxed the damn team by saying no injuries after you had Kellen Acosta going out, you have John McCarthy, you got Vela a little knocked. Uh, it's It was rough, but I'll say this. J-Mac stayed in the game. What I'm a 1,000% sure of is that he was not at all 100% after staying in the game, and I'll tell you exactly why. As we go through some things, you mentioned it. Ryan Hollingshead picking up the yellow card for a little drag-through foul there. There was... I guess that's he, he definitely got Savarino, bro. He, he like, no question. No, for sure. I guess it's a good call for the yellow, for sure. Uh, the free kick, it's Anderson Julio again, who uh, who got a pretty good uh, touch on that ball, the header on the front post, but couldn't redirect it up and over. And, and Philly, I know he is one of our favorite players in Major League Soccer, checking into the match. 
along with the Cornell man, Emeka Anelli, is Demir Krylock, Rubio Rubin, and Pablo Ruiz coming out. And look, as Krylock is checking in, Max Bredos and Brian Dunzit, they're talking about, look how good of a guy Demir Krylock is. <laughs> he gives away all these tickets to these underserved kids, and it's, it's in Krylock's corner. And then they showed the corner, and it was three-quarters empty. That was my favorite part about the whole thing. Sure, all right. Any guy that gives a bunch of tickets to underserved kids, you'll it's it's like when I dogged on Dax McCarty and I found out Dax McCarty is actually a wonderful human. I, I felt bad a little bit for not liking Demir Krylock in that moment. He gives a bunch of kids some tickets, but then you can't show his section and have nobody in the damn section, guys. And by the way, I still don't like you because you knocked us out of the playoffs. Well, I mean, the only other player who scored more goals than him against us is uh, Zlatan and Jeremy Abobasi. Of course, we're not going to like Demir Krylock. Throughout, what, nine matches, he scores five goals against us. It's scary time, and all they needed was one to shift the momentum in their favor, and obviously we say this all the time, a 2-0 lead is is the worst kind of a lead, period. That's, that's Just, so ridiculous. Who says that, by the way? I a would lot of people. It's I not know, a comfortable but... lead because at any point you get one back on the board. Keep in mind how the momentum would have shifted. If Real Salt Lake would have scored one going into the locker room, now you're looking at a whole different set of 45 minutes. Maybe we didn't have the, we wouldn't have the snooze fest that we did the second time around, although I'm happy we had the snooze fest. But even in like an 80th minute type of situation, I've seen far too many games in which 2 nothing is not, and I'm not even talking indoor soccer, talking outdoor, where 2 nothing you get somebody, even in the 80th minute, they managed to claw one back and then boom they throw everybody and the kitchen sink and the mascot and the people up in section 400 at the goalkeeper and find a way to tie the game i just it's think before it's, on plenty of occasions uh, three is a comfortable lead two still nerve-wracking i don't care what anybody says i just think it's the dumbest i i just hate look i know i came late to soccer guys i came late to the world's game of football Really, let's say 2015 or so that I started really watching all this stuff. Definitely 2018, obviously, with LAFC. I just, it's the dumbest. A one nothing lead's a terrible lead because if they score, they don't lead anymore. 2 nothing, you can at least screw up once and you still have, I don't know. I don't care. Anyway, you mentioned, though, Demir Krylock, five goals in 10 matches now against LAFC, tied with Raul Ruiz Diaz and Nico Lodiero with five, Jeremy Abobasi with seven, and, of course, Lautan. With nine. By the way, it doesn't seem like it. I guess I didn't remember this very often, but Christian Pavone scored four times against us. Anyways, ugh, that guy's gross. Uh, I stopped looking after five. Yeah. Look, uh, Jefferson Severino, again, a well wide shot, but why was he given so much space there in the 74th minute? Ilya gets slapped around in the 75th minute, but apparently no call is made. Uh, I'll say this I started noticing it, especially after the 76th minute. He has not boomed a goal kick yet, has John McCarthy, since he got back up. He was playing it short, playing it out wide. A turnover in the back off of one of his goal kicks led to a little bit of consternation. I just didn't like the fact that he wasn't able to take a goal kick. Also in the 76th minute, they kind of showed Ryan Hollingshead limping a little bit, holding his right hip, maybe a hamstring, maybe something. Then what, two minutes later, he makes that karate kick play Philly Hollingshead does, and he goes right to the ground. And as he went to the ground, that's when we saw LAFC get their substitutes ready. The Cornell man only gets about, what, 10 minutes into the match, 20 minutes into the match before he gets a yellow. <laughs> the, and then uh, The man from the big red seeing the big yellow. Card. There you go. 
Uh, and then subs for LAFC. Stipe the Euro Buk. line. Yeah, right? Stipe Buke, Mateus Bogush, and Sergi Palencia coming on for Mahala, Carlos Vela, and Ryan Holling said, Mahala's always limping, I feel like, when he comes off the pitch, so I couldn't he's tell. Limping or is he pimping? I, right? Uh, but Ryan Holling said, I don't think he was pimping. He was definitely limping for sure. But that mu- with on. a mustache, he's always pimping. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, but he shaved his mustache not too long ago. He and I are fighting right now because he shaved his mustache. Uh, and again, Why don't you grow one then. I can't. I've tried <laughs> it's so bad. Exactly. It's so bad. Uh, I just look. I'll, I'll put out the question, Philly, as we get into the 80th minute. Uh, I'll put out the question. Hopefully, this is a lot of soccer player limping and not actually hurt limping kind of a thing. You and I have seen several times. You all right there, bud? I'm trying to trying to keep Philly awake here right now. He's, uh, <laughs> I, he's he's trying to keep it in, but he's he looks tight. That, 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 I mean, you pretty much picked out how I feel about the, the second 45 <laughs> Dude, minutes. The, the second There's only one thing minutes. that really got me jazzed up. We're going to be talking about it shortly. Yeah, I, I just want to mention uh, Carlos Vela coming off the pitch, gives the armband to Ilya Sanchez, and I absolutely loved who Ilya gave it to as he came off. But uh, 81st minute, Philly, I just don't like it. J-Max still not booming those goal kicks. But, man, Philly, we almost had a scarf goal in the 83rd. So close. Yeah, Denny into Matsi Bogus, who did have a shot, and Zach McMath makes uh, one of his one of his saves. You said he wasn't a great goalkeeper, but uh, he certainly he probably heard you because do you find a coincidence that Zach McMath making probably his best save of the game in the eighty third scarf minute? I think would, not. Zach McMath is clearing you. He's clearly a big fan of defenders of the bank. And, and and look, Zach, we appreciate you. Despite me talking crap about you several times now, we appreciate you listening. It would have been better though if you would have just turned to the camera and pointed right at me and said, "I see you, Scarf." <laughs> uh, another chance for J Mac to take another big goal kick, and nope, just kind of a hard and low kick in the eighty fourth minute. Giggity. Uh, but then in the eighty sixth minute, Philly, some contact in the box. Vera on Denis Bawanga, and the initial call is a penalty. They do take a look. So that gives Denny Bawanga a chance to step up from the spot, put his 10th goal in the back of the net. Denny Bawanga, number 99. But wait, in what I thought was our real wait, what moment of the match, he gives way to Mateusz Bogus, Philly. Opening up his account, the Polish kid, number 19, his first goal on the season. Let's go. And he he takes a nice shot, calm, cool, and collective. Zach McMath sees it. It goes, he heads in the right direction. But Bogus is shot too much for McMath. And that right there speaks volumes as to what this team is like. When the leading scorer decides to let the young rookie, the kid who's been here for practically no time, Get his opportunity at a goal. I mean, I thought that was incredible. Denny easily could have. I mean, at this point, he's already the MLS golden boot leader because Jordan Mars didn't score. The unselfishness of this man giving up that opportunity. Now Bogush opens up his LAFC and MLS uh, scoring account. I thought that was such a class move, and it goes to show you what the uh, the chemistry is in the locker room. I mean, you hear you heard Max talk about it, about how Ilya is always there for the young kids and all that other stuff. I I mean, if there's anything that we could say about this team, without a doubt, it very much is a team, and that right there was your point blank most obvious sign as to what this team, the unity of this team, the cohesion, the chemistry. It's beautiful, and now it's three. 
to nothing. Congratulations on your first career goal in Major League Soccer, Mati Bogus. Yes. I got to say, I'm a little disappointed, Philly. You got like nine or 10 different euphemisms and different little phrases you use with mustard. I thought for sure you would have said something about mustard on that shot by Mateus Bogus. He hit the crap out of that ball, a perfectly placed penalty. It's a fun alliteration. He peppered his kielbasa. How's about that? Whoa, there you go. All right. <laughs> In the 89th minute, Eric Duenas coming on for Ilya Sanchez. And did you see Philly? who Ilya gave the armband to. I loved this. Not only did he give it to him, but he kissed him on the head too. Cheeky Palacios, the captain. I love it. We are seeing in these last few matches that Cheeky has played, last few, a much calmer, more level-headed Cheeky Palacios. There was one or two times in this match where I thought he got a little hot-headed, but nothing like Sergei Palencia, by the way, who in the first minute of stoppage time got real worked up over a foul call. Uh, it took until the second minute of stoppage for J-Mac to take that first booming goal kick since the injury. Uh, again, what, fifth minute? You got Bowanga to Sifu, Sifu into the side netting, then Bowanga testing McMath from distance. Then, absolutely nothing because the referee blew his whistle. That's it. Three nothing. Yeah. Fifth clean sheet for J-Mac. Congratulations to... Real Salt Lake, a third straight MLS game without a goal. Of a <laughs> not a good thing. Of, uh, they scored five out of 11 matches this season. Something to be proud of, I, uh, I, I suppose. And despite all that, despite getting shellacked, still had a pretty good game. 20 shots to LAFC's 15, five on target uh, to LAFC's four. But LAFC converting when they needed to. Batten. Batting 750, three out of four. Fantastic. And as a result of today, Steve came into today's match needing one win. He was one win shy of tying the MLS record uh, through 50 games with 26 wins in 43 matches. Him winning it this way, he knocks out Tampa, the Tampa Bay Mutiny's own Ray Hudson for that record. So now, other than having their name on the supporter shield, what more can the Tampa Bay Mutiny have to offer the history of Major League Soccer? Hey, listen, Roy Lasseter, first ever Golden Boot winner of the Tampa Bay Mutiny. I always think whenever they mention Ray Hudson, a combination of two of my favorite Ghostbusters, Ray Stans and Ernie Hudson. Anyways, uh, it, I know it's Winston Zedmore, but still, I don't know why I think of Ghostbusters when I think of Ray Hudson. Anyways, uh, LAFC, like we said, becoming the first MLS club in the post-shootout era to win 11 of 12 regular season matches against one opponent. Seven straight victories now over RSL. And you're right, that's 27 wins and 45 matches. He's got five matches to break the record. By the way, Philly, did you happen to see that there were nine red cards across MLS in this uh, in our game day today, match day 12, as they like to call it? Nine red cards across MLS. And the, <laughs> to uh, quote the great Wayne Campbell, I was not aware of that. <laughs> Carson San Jose is still to play tomorrow, so uh, no word on if we'll see even more red there. You know what excites me about that game, Scarf? Okay. If San Jose wins, which they have a really good shot at doing, that solidifies the fact that after this week, Galaxy is the absolute undisputed leader in the wooden spoon race. It, not only that, even if they draw, we're talking about a Well, I, I think I think the goal diff though is um is still pretty close. No, my friend, did you see Sporting Kansas City absolutely whoop up on Minnesota today? Three nothing. Oh, that's right. Yes, they they now have nine points, my friend, and are three points clear of the seller. 
We'll talk about that actually in just a second. Uh, let's look at where LAFC is in the table. If not for a late Seattle goal uh, against a nine-man Houston club, by the way, LAFC would be top of the table in the West despite playing two fewer matches thus far. But we'll have to settle for being second for now. Seattle on 23 points from 12 matches. LAFC on 21 points from 10 matches. That puts us now fourth in the race for the Shield. Technically, we're second behind FC Cincinnati in terms of points per match, but you have the Revolution and Cincinnati at 24 points, Seattle at 23, and now us at 21, St. Louis, kind of falling off the pace a little bit. Losing two in a row to the Chicago Fire. No, they're not falling. They're actually coming down to earth. I think they honestly overachieved at the beginning of the season. Sure. I, yeah. I don't foresee them being a much more any more successful or gaining any more notoriety than they did to start this year off. I, I think they're going to be in the mix for a playoff spot because they started off so hot. But I, I agree. I mean, look, they're they've got a lot of young kids though that I really like. I love Giacchini. Uh They got the keeper, obviously Roman Berkey. They'll they'll lean on him as much as they can. Speaking of having to lean on your depth, this was the fourth of eight matches. In May, eight matches. Dear God, in just four days, we get lowly but finding their form SKC. Wednesday, May 17th, one of those midweek games that I love so much because teaching on Thursday is so much more fun after a late night on Wednesday. May 17th at BMO, Sporting Kansas City. May 20th at BMO, Revenge Season, San Jose. Hopefully we can get a win there. May 23rd at BMO. I want to see LAFC 2 play against Carson in the U.S. Open Cup round of 16. And then finally, to end the month, Philly, not at BMO, not even in the United States, at Estadio León on May 31st. LAFC has to pack both their shooting boots and their passports as we head down to León for the first leg of the CCL final. It's a big month, Philly. A very big month month for LAFC. I can't wait. Bring it. Bring it on. Yes, it's a lot of games. Big club mentality. We play these games. We're only playing in all these games because we're that stinking good. And even when we were uh, not thinking we would advance in a tournament that was low on a totem pole, we did. Like I said earlier on, the quote, the great Gordon Gecko in the movie Wall Street, greed, for lack of a better term, is good. Let's go out Get all the trophies. Get all the points. Leave no doubt in anybody's mind that we truly are the best in the West, the best in MLS, and the best in the CONCACAF Federation. Bring it on. Bring them all on. Bring it. I'll say this. I'm still very leery about the Open Cup. I want us to play our young kids and Eldon if we can. I'll say I'll say the other thing too. The the depth is what will spearhead this club through things like this. When Kellen Acosta gets hurt, you bring on Jose Cifuentes. Jose Cifuentes, who is as Max Bredos said it himself, as talented of a young midfielder as exists in Major League Soccer. When Ryan Hollingshead needs a spell. You bring on a player who has played so you well. You get a witch. Has <laughs> <laughs> played so well for us this season uh, in Sergi Palencia. I really like what I've seen from Sergi Palencia so far. 
when Mahala looks a little beat up and you need to give him a little bit of rest, sure, why not? Bring on Mateus Bogush. <laughs> I mean, sure. Let's let's get all of the riches going on here all at once. This is a club that our scouting department has created depth. Whereas last year we brought in some big names that we knew what they could do. The Gareth Bales, the Christian Teos, those type of guys. This year we're finding it from those younger, less likely sources, right? Between guys like Mateus Bogush, uh, obviously what we're seeing from uh, Sergi Palencia who kind of came out of nowhere just a little bit. Uh, there are these young kids that are ready. Eric Duenas seems like he's ready for the next step. He seems to have passed up Danny Chrysostomo on the depth chart, or at least for what we need him for. This club is going to have to lean on their depth quite a bit. I don't know if J-Mac is healthy. I don't know if Kellen Acosta is healthy. I don't know if Ryan Hollingshead is healthy going into this next match against a, uh, dare I say, a hot sporting Kansas City team winners of their last two. You're bugging. Yeah, they, they won two. No big deal. It's still it's still a bad sporting Kansas City team. And obviously a sporting <laughs> Kansas City team that's bad at making decisions, thinking that Ilya Sanchez was done. Thank you, Peter Vermees and company, for giving him to us. He's one of our most important players, period, at his very advanced age of not that old. Let's just put it that way. I um I'm looking forward to like this this hump the hump day havoc in BMO Stadium. It's it's pretty cool, man. And I just I like where we are as a club. Again, embrace and enjoy all these moments because as much as we'd like to think we're gonna have it this way all the time, uh, I what I know having lived 42 uh 42 cycles is good times, they don't always last. Bad times, they don't always last. But two words throughout the course of the broadcast that Dunny mentioned that I, I think really do ring true for LAFC and why I think we're actually going to go on a nice dynasty is the word ruthless. <laughs> the word ruthless was mentioned on a couple of occasions, and that stuck out to me because that's big club mentality. You want to do everything you can, win everything you can, and obtain everything that you can. And I, if they all want to refer to us as uh, the greedy, ruthless club, um, I'm happy with that. This is the team that we chose. This is the team that we've been a part of since day one. And I just want to see us competing and winning and all that other stuff and just doing it and destroying everybody in, in our path. Uh, the same way the likes of a Bayern Munich has destroyed everybody for like the last 10 years in the Bundesliga. I, I would be thrilled if LAFC can go on that kind of a trajectory, that kind of a run. Um, so no, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I just enjoy the time for what we have and you know don't don't enjoy this win too much because we've got a game on hump day yeah you know what what i like about when i do these uh scheduling with the scarf kind of segments here is it it means that we've got plenty of work ahead of us my friend including in just four days against salt or salt lake against sporting kansas city at bmo so stick around on tuesday for one more sleep wednesday philly what are we gonna do we gotta find something special to do for episode 250 let's let's well, we'll put Can our we heads take together. off work on Thursday and do something fun. <laughs> I would love to. I got so much work to do now that I spent the last week in Boston. Oh, my God. About three and a half more weeks left of the school year for my kids, Philly, until grades are due and we'll have our, our final tests and everything. So that being said, this is episode 249 of the 
most LAFC podcast on earth. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.